Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Light the Fight. I'm rolling solo again. Um, yeah, Heidi's got that Christmas stuff going on. We all know if you're a long-time listener, Heidi works a lot more than David. I talk about feelings. She makes things look pretty. And she has to make it for a lot of people and send them out. So when we do have Heidi on the podcast, without a doubt, it's better. So you guys don't need to message in and say, we miss Heidi. It's better when Heidi's there. I know that it's better when Heidi's here. <laughs> this is not a secret. Heidi has lots of fans. I have clients and some listeners. So, yes, I'm a fan of Heidi's just like many of you are. But thank you for visiting us today here again at Light the Fight. Um, today I'm going to be answering uh, a few questions that we got from our most, re- uh, most recent speaking event. Uh, Heidi and I did one of our what's called Don't Freak Out events. We did it at a local high school here, um, Olympus High School to be specific, out in Cottonwood Heights. Want to give a big thank you to all the parents that came out. And they came out during a snowstorm. And it was just, it was really cool. So I want to thank you to all your parents out there that came out. Really appreciate it. And thank you to the principal and all the staff there that were supportive and helped us have a great event that night. Um, Before I get into that, though, I just want to give you a quick reminder that if you like the podcast and you want more of this information and basically extra content, we have an account over on a platform called Patreon. And basically what Patreon is, it's a way for you to get another episode, uh, shorter episodes, but little clip episodes um, of different thoughts that we have, different tools. And most recently, we've just been taking things we talked about on this podcast and then continuing the discussion over on Patreon, it costs $5 a month. And for that $5, it allows me to buy a Poke Bowl. If you know what Poke Bowls mean, then you got that joke. Um, seriously, though, Poke Bowls cost a little bit more than $5, but it goes towards the Poke Bowl. More importantly, it goes towards just keeping the lights on and uh, for allowing Heidi and us to be able to come here and do this. Um, so we want to thank all of our patrons out there, patrons out there on Patreon with us at Like the Fight. And if you want to check it out, go to www.patreon.com backslash Light the Fight. And like I said, it's just $5 a month, but you get to communicate with us, make comments, and just listen to some extra content. Also, we want to give a big shout out to lingoeyewear.com for their sponsorship and uh, and support and sponsorship of 1-800-CONTACTS. If you need great glasses, go to lingoeyewear.com and use backslash light the fight. And then when you're there, if you want to buy a pair of glasses, which I don't see why you wouldn't. If you're there, it's because you need glasses. If you need glasses, it's an amazing service. You pick out from tons of designs. Heidi and I both have some great designs. Pick out what you want. They got this cool digital technology where they size it for you. Um, And then they send them to you. And it's customized with your name on it and everything. It's a really cool process. Great customer service. In fact, the best customer service I've ever had in buying a product whatsoever. They made me feel like I was VIP and they didn't even know who I was. I just was a normal customer going through there. 
So if you want some eyeglasses and you want them to look great and get great customer service, go to lingoeyewear.com. It's L-I-I, two I's, N-G-O, eyewear.com backslash light the fight. And the code to get $30 off your first order is just simply light the fight. So let's get to the podcast now. I'm going to answer some questions from the event. And um, my poor producer here, you guys, send some well wishes for Brandon. He had surgery on both of his hands. We make him work so hard that he got carpal tunnel. Also, might have to do with some of his other computer typing jobs and, you know, just being a, a millennial, playing lots of video games, but he's been a great service here for us at Like the Fight, and we appreciate everything he does. So um, this podcast is coming out a little bit later because he had surgery, so it's taking a little bit longer for him to get everything going because he literally can't use his hands. So I don't know how he's doing all the cutting and editing and posting it, but somehow he's figuring it out. So um, Brandon, I wish you well. So, so the first question I'm going to read to you, I'm going to read three questions today from the event. The first question is, how much should I be helping my child who has big goals and wants to succeed, but has trouble following through? So first off, thank you for the question. Great question. I think a lot of parents can relate to this one. Having a child that has big goals and really wants to be something great in their life. In fact, I don't, I don't see too many kids saying, you know, what, mom and dad, um, I just want to be average. In fact, if, if I don't ever get good at anything, if I don't ever become successful, if I never, you know, do anything that's worth bragging about or that you guys can be proud of, then then I will meet all my life goals. That's usually not the case. Usually the case is kids want to do good things, big things, want to make a name for themselves, want to bring honor and glory to their family, want their parents to love them, respect them, want people to notice them, want friends to be around them, and all those things don't come from just being average. So... In this question says, their child has big goals. I would guess, let's start by calling this what it really is. Your child has big ideas. I think that's more accurate to uh, what's going on here. Because I'm assuming their child's probably at least teenage years, preteen, teen years, or early adulthood. There's not a lot of goals, like big goals in those times. There are a lot of big ideas. There are a lot of big aspirations. And there's a lot of big wants. But goals, the difference between a good idea and a thought and a goal is one is written down with details, with timelines, and all the things that need to have to happen in order for it to happen. The other one, the thoughts and the ideas, is just something that someone says out loud, says that they want, says that they believe that they deserve or think that they could get, but not much is being written down. So first off, the person who uh, asked this question, any parents that can relate to this, I just want you to know that I don't want you to like dismiss your kid's thoughts or just act like it's no big deal and tell them, oh, this isn't, this isn't a goal, this is just an idea. But you can say something along these lines. This is what I've usually told kids that come to me and they confess all these things that they want and you know all these great things that they're working for I tell them great you know I think you should want those things in fact I think if you were to put in all the hard work and all things you got to do to make it happen well then that would be a great goal right now it's a great idea which great goals start with great ideas so let me know what I can help you do to accomplish 
turning that idea into a goal. Because obviously, and this is where you can be a little playful, obviously you want to make it happen. And you can pull out your phone, you can, you know, point at their pair of shoes that they're wearing or something that, you know, they have a, you know, a really close connection or relationship with or like a lot. And you can point that thing and say, just like those shoes or just like this iPhone or just like, you know, Instagram or TikTok or some sort of app or technology, just like that thing, that started out with a great idea. And then that person went researching all the things that they'd have to do to bring those ideas to reality. And then they wrote it down and then they worked on it. Then it became a goal. So in my first example, I was being sarcastic and joking around that, you know, it's not really a goal, it's an idea. But in this way, you actually laid out for them that it's okay because even though it's not a goal, it has to start with an idea. And nothing can make your kids feel like you support them better than telling them that you would love to help them turn this into an actual goal and follow through with it. Now, you'll find out with a lot of kids, regardless of what their age are, they're going to say a lot of things. They're going to have a lot of ideas. And if they don't turn it into a goal, it's probably just because they're sifting through different thoughts that come through their mind and different ideas that they have that they think would be cool. But they may not even try to put any of those into practice because they're just thoughts and ideas and they're, it's an emotional moment of something they think is cool. But the ones that really do mean a lot to them, the ones that they really feel passionate about, those are the ones that they're actually going to continue to think about. They're going to obsess about. I mean, because think about it. When you like anything and when you're really into something and you have a great idea or something that you really feel is going to better your life, you kind of get obsessed about it. Like recently, um, I'm obsessed with getting a new surfboard. Hey, I love to surf. You know, I've had a lot of health issues this year and you know, I'm not in the best of shape that I've all, that I've ever been in my life and I'm hoping to go home to California in, in, in the upcoming months or so. And I'm like, it really make me feel excited and, and motivated to train and work hard and get back in shape again. If I had a new surfboard, kind of like some of you out there, if you get a new workout outfit, you know, ladies out there, get a new pair of Lululemons for Christmas. Like, woo, let's go work out now, right? Sometimes it helps to get the shoes to motivate you to go use the shoes. Well, for me, it's a surfboard and, you know, I was like, all right, well, if I want a new surfboard, well, then I got to do some things to get the money so I could buy that new surfboard. And I'm passionate about it, so I made it happen. Your kids can use their passion and turn that into some sort of purpose, and you can help them. But if you want to really help them, help them understand that their ideas and the things that they're thinking about can really turn into manifesting it into reality if they turn it into a goal and you'd be happy to help them with the goal part, but you're not going to sponsor it. You're not going to just go out and buy it and pay for it. Sometimes parents, we get so excited that our kids are excited and they have a pulse about something and, and they're really anxious to do something, get something done that we jump in and we kind of do some of the heavy lifting for them and kids are smart. So they sometimes will go, Hey, well, can you help me get this goal done? And most good parents will be like, sure, of course I can help you. And then if your kid starts saying, well, it's going to cost some money, so could you give me some money or it's going to cost this, it's going to do that. This is why it's best to tell them to help them understand, take your idea and turn it into goal versus being caught and trapped and being the person who has to fulfill the goal for them because it's just an idea that they want you to help them out with because a really good idea to a young person is you do the heavy lifting and do all the stuff to make it come to fruition because when they're a kid, 
That's what you kind of do as a parent. So to help them turn their ideas into a goal and to answer this question to help your kids because they don't have a lot of follow through, you're going to have to help them out in realizing that it's not a goal yet, but when it is a goal, then you'll help them follow through with it. So that's the answer to that question. Next question. Another good one. And when they say, you talk about, they're referring to me. They say, the person who asks this question says, you talk about the importance of building connection. Have you seen ways teens and parents do that successfully who annoy each other and don't really enjoy one another's company? <laughs> I love this question. This has uh, made me laugh. Any question makes me laugh. I don't know. I've, I've been doing this whole feelings thing and parents thing for so many years. Whenever I get a, a question that has some sarcasm and some humor in it, I love it because you got to laugh at, at some of our relationships with our kids, our family situation. And I like how this parent was just like, yeah, how do you build connections when you really annoy each other? And uh, it's it, you don't really enjoy another one another's company. So thank you, as always. And yes, it is important to build connections. Now, what this question is really saying is that my child and I or my children and I, I don't know if they're talking about one or, you know, or plural, multiple children. For whatever reason, our ships do not always sail side by side. Sometimes they slam into each other. Sometimes they want to go off into different oceans. One wants to be in the Atlantic, one wants to be the Pacific. Sometimes we bother each other, we annoy each other. This is not uncommon. Parents will confess this many times to me behind the, you know, the the private walls of my office and they'll say, I know this sounds bad, but sometimes I just want to strangle my kid. Sometimes they drive me crazy. And I giggle and I laugh and I said, yeah, I'm sure the feelings are mutual. <laughs> I'm sure your kids feel the same way about you sometimes. And, and, and that's okay in regards to feeling that way. It's like you're not, it's not, you're not having a, there's no crime because you feel it way. The problem comes when it becomes more of the, that's the, that's the rule instead of the exception of the rule. When you start to have feelings where you want more time away from your kids and you're looking for ways to get away from them or you're hesitant to engage with them almost about anything because it always turns into an argument or they just bug you or you bug them or all your efforts and all your purchases of all the things that they want turns out to just make you feel like you're being taken advantage of and used. Well, I get that. Nobody wants to be in that type of relationship, whether it's your, with your kid whether it's with a friend, whether it's with an intimate partner, no one wants to feel annoyed by someone that you're very close with and would prefer to be closer with. So yes, it is important to build and have strong connections. And if you have a lot of annoyance towards one another, and if there's a lot of things that make you not want to be around each other to get in a fight or things that cause you to get in fights a lot, that's a very serious problem. Because when you have to work with someone every day using a job or employment analogy, everyone would prefer to have a coworker that they enjoy each other's company, that they have things in common. Now, from my experience, continuing with that employment analogy, it's going to take one of the two people that work together in a partnership at, at a job, it's going to take one of them to let down their guard, to make themselves more available and more vulnerable, in order, in, in order for the other one to even be available to have that connection. I've done a lot of podcasts on this, and so the person asked this question, you know, I assume had never even heard of me, saw me speak for the first time at this event, and probably never even listened to the podcast. So I'm going to repeat something 
um, for many of our long-term listeners, but it'll be new to this person. And who knows, maybe you'll get an extra nugget, you know, from what I'm about to say. If you're annoyed with your kid, the only thing you can change is your annoyance. You can't go out and change the things that they're doing that causes you to be annoyed. That's not possible, but you can have a huge influence over them. You can get them to come to you. You can get them to consider their thoughts, their feelings and actions before they do them. And you can get them to at least feel bad or remorseful when they do have thoughts, feelings and actions that don't align with you or you don't just like or you don't like or that agitate you and anger you. So I always ask parents because they're the adult, because they're the one that started this whole entire thing, whether you adopted someone as your child, whether you're raising some a family member's child, whether you you know you, you gave birth to your own children, no matter how you got these kids, there was some sort of choice involved. Even if you're a step parent and you say, well, you know, I I chose to marry this person, but you know, you know, the, their kid, you know, I I didn't really you know know it was going to be like this. Well, you kind of did because you chose to be married to that person, to be in a relationship with that person, and the kid's part of the package, even though it may not be your favorite part of the package. So use your influence to get them to want to work with you and to help the situation so you're not annoyed with one another, you're not always at each other, and you can build a connection. One way that you can do this, and I've already been alluding to this, is you can go first, meaning you can approach them with things that can build a connection that are not inside your comfort zone. Now, most parents will tell me, I already did that, David. I always try to talk to them. I try to be nice to them. I make them their favorite breakfast. I make them things. I do things that they want, this, that, and the other. I tell them, how's it going? And they'll usually tell me, well, not so good. They'll eat the food I make for them if it, that's their favorite. They'll you they'll play with the Xbox that I buy them. All these things I do for them that they want and like, they'll take it, but it doesn't really turn them around to like wanting a closer connection with me. And I say, hmm, do you have any idea why that might be? And usually at this point, for good reason, not that these people are stupid or lacking knowledge, they'll say, no, I have no idea because usually with adults, if you do nice things for people, They'll respect that and they'll do nice things back for you. I said, that's true. The difference is, is that you're the adult and they're not. So even though I use the analogy, the analogy of a coworker, sometimes in working positions, you, there's a manager and there's someone who's underneath the manager. The manager is the boss, so to speak. They are the person who has more power. The employee has less power. And the manager can't be the employee's friend all the time, but they definitely don't want to be enemies with the employee. I don't see too many people respecting a manager that just kisses their butt all the time and that just walks on eggshells around them. In fact, managers that do that usually get the opposite respect. They get taken advantage of. They get, um, you know, people saying, hmm, I can show up late and they're not going to do anything or I could do a little bit of work and, you know, they're going to say, okay, well, what do you need help with? I'll do part of your job for you. Instead, really good managers, they get respect. They're the ones doing the job with the employee. So, for example, if you got a really good manager and you got to stay late, 
because, you know, things didn't get done throughout the day. There's a lot going on. That manager stays late with you. The manager doesn't say, hey, you stay late. I'm going to go home and enjoy my life. The manager says, no, I need you to stay late and I will stay late with you because if you're willing to stay in there, I'm going to back you up and I have your back. Managers are not above doing the same work that the employees do. So in that sense, I want you to look at yourself as a parent with your kid that's annoying you and you can't have, you know, you're having a hard time with that connection. I want you to go first and I want you to look at what is something in their life that they need help with, what's something that they enjoy doing, what's something that is is going to help their life be better that you're not doing for them simply because, you know, you're trying to get them to like you, but you're doing it for them and with them because you're investing in them. It could be simply cleaning their room. I had a, a stepmom not too long ago, a few months back. She said, you know, my, you know, my stepson won't clean his room, won't clean his room, won't clean his room. And so we're getting in fight cats, you know, fighting like cats and dogs about this. I said, here, I want you to try something different. Go to him and first apologize to him about always getting after him about not cleaning his room. And she looked at me. She said, why would I apologize to this little brat, this little punk? She didn't say those words, but she thought it. I could tell. Why would I apologize to him about like him not cleaning his room and me have to tell him about it because if he doesn't do it, then his dad comes home. He gets mad at me because I'm not getting on him enough because I'm trying to be the nice stepmom. And then he gets mad at him and then they get in a fight and he thinks that I turned him into his dad and becomes like this huge, bad, bitter triangle. I said, because great leaders apologize, not because they're a sorry person, they apologize because they're trying to show the person they're apologizing to that just because they have power and control doesn't mean that they can't do better. It's not an apology because you made a mistake. It's an apology because you're, it's a peace offering. So I said, go to your son, son uh, stepson, and tell him, hey, I'm sorry that I've been after you and I, and I get short-tempered with you about not cleaning your room. I had an idea. I remember one time, and I told her to make up a story because sometimes it's okay to do what I call a true lie, a true lie. It's partially true, partially a lie. I said, make up this lie part, but the truth of it is that he'll get this this metaphor, this analogy. I said, tell him that one time you had a boss that was always telling you to stay late, work, and finish all this stuff, and then go home. And then one day the boss came and apologized, said, you know what, I want you to do all this extra work, you know, because it's your job and you didn't finish it. But I'd never thought to say, would you like help and could I help you with it? Because the manager knew how to do it better than her. So she needed the manager's help to actually get it done faster. And then once she realized how to do it better, then she would be faster at it and she wouldn't have to stay so late and she wouldn't be so bitter and upset about the job. Okay. Now, when I say it's a true lie, meaning this was like kind of the gist of the story. I told her to make it more specific to connect with this. It wasn't the, what I just said right there wasn't the whole story about something she told me for, but I kind of made it like more specific to what she was going on, had going on with her uh, stepson. So I go, go back there and tell your stepson that and said, after the manager said, I'm going to stay late with you and help you do it, show you how to do it better. And then after you do that, then, you know, it's, 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 it's going to help you out. She said that manager after that, I realized that was cool. He didn't have to do that. And he helped me do it. And because that I respected him more because that I, I wasn't so upset and angry that I'd stay late. If I didn't get my work done, I was like, you know, he helped me figure it out. 
He said I, I, he would stay late for me, with me sometimes if I needed his help. And uh, because of that, I didn't ever ask him for the help. And I just figured it out on my own. And I wasn't really upset or angry at him. So I go, go to your stepson and tell him that instead of just telling him to do clean up his room, say, I'm going to help you clean up your room. I'm getting mad at you for not doing it the way I want you to do it, but I've never actually done it with you. I've just told you what I wanted. And she said, will you please let me help you clean your room up tomorrow after school whenever you want to clean it up, and then I'll do it with you. And then if you ever need help in the future, I'll help you clean it up. You just got to tell me when you're going to do it. They cleaned it up together. At first, he was a little resistant, but as time went on, she said even the first time cleaning up, at the end of it, he said sincerely, goes, thank you, I appreciate that, like, thanks. Over time, he would keep on asking her. And like a typical teenager, he said, hey, want to clean? help me clean up my room? She said, after a few more times, she said, you know what, I'd be happy to clean up your room. However, could you do me a favor? He goes, what? She goes, could you help me with something in my craft room? And he goes, what do you mean? It's like, well, I have some things to organize there and I could really help your use your help with the shelves. You know, you're a lot taller than me. And he was like, well, I don't really... And he stopped. He was about to say, no, I don't really want to. And then she looked at him and gave him like this like little kind of sarcastically pouty look. And he's like, fine, I'll do it. And he went in there and helped her out. And then after that, she really didn't have him, have him ask her to help him anymore with his room. But he actually didn't mind helping her when she needed it. It was this weird thing where they had this weird moment where she actually just got down and started doing it with him and said, I'd be happy to help you anytime. And then over time, yeah, he did take advantage of a little bit, but she said she didn't mind because A, he was doing it and it was a time for them to work together and talk together. He was never mad at her when she was helping him do something that he was supposed to do anyways. By the way, he got paid chores for cleaning his room. But the problem was is through the divorce of his dad and his, you know, his actual biological mom, the parents really got lackadaisical on both, at both households on chores. And so because they got so lackadaisical, the kid just got out of the habit of doing chores. And so now when he has a new stepmom coming in, the dad's like, we're going to have order in our house. We're going to do chores. And he goes, I'm going to go to work and I want you because you're at home right now. You make him do the chores. That A, didn't help the relationship between the stepmom and the stepson. And B, the kid didn't want to do chores because he wasn't used to it. He didn't have to do it anymore. So he thought, he thought, gosh, I'm punished with a new mom and I have to do chores. Point being, once they did the chores together, she, he helped her out with her stuff in her craft room. Over time, they realized that there's mutual respect there and they found something to bond and connect with that wasn't about her baking him his favorite cookies. It wasn't about her coddling him, and it wasn't about her trying to force him to do anything. It was about they just did something together. Now, with other parents, I tell them, play a video game with your kids. Ask them to teach you something that they're an expert on. Show interest in something that doesn't make them feel like you have an agenda. You're trying to just manipulate them. So don't say, hey, I want to play video games with you. And then after that, right after say, well, now will you watch my favorite movie with me? No, play a video game with them. Do something with them. Show interest in something they're interested in. And that's it. As you do those things over and over and consistently, you will get a connection with them and that relationship will be more organic. In this situation with a stepmom, I just thought it was a great example and one I thought worth bringing up to you guys to let you guys know that 
in the act of doing work with someone, you bond with those people. That's why some of you out there listening to this podcast will have amazing close connections with people that you worked with, but you know for a fact you would have never hung out with them if you just met them in high school. There may be so many differences about your backgrounds, about you know so many things in your life, but because you both work together and can benefit each other on a job or in a work situation, you form a connection and a bond. That's my suggestion to parents that have annoying things with their kids, find things that they can connect on, and go first and offer to do it with them. It may be a little annoying. If you think of it in the sense of like, well, this isn't fair. Uh, David, this is a stupid example. I have to help my kids clean their rooms just to get a connection with them. Well, let me remind you of something I've said on the podcast plenty of times, and I'll say it plenty more times. What part of the definition of the word parent, if you look it up in the dictionary, when it says the definition parent, does it say the word fair in the definition? Go ahead, I'm waiting. Google it, look it up. Let me tell you, it doesn't say fair anywhere in there. So if you want fair, don't have kids. If you want equal, don't get into a long-term relationship with someone because it's not always going to be equal. It doesn't mean you can't build a partnership that's that's, that's based in respect, admiration, and, you know, appreciation for the other person's human experience. Okay? So those are two questions I, I have time to share with you guys today. We had a few more questions, but some of them were kind of like in the same line of, of thinking. Um, I have another question I thought was a really great great question. I'm saving that question for the Patreon. So like I said in the beginning of the podcast, if you want to check out Patreon, go to our Patreon account. I believe we have a couple uh, videos up there that you can check out to see if you like. Um, yeah, so check it out on Patreon if you want uh, to hear another question, if you want to know a little bit more about uh, what's going on. But uh, thank you for the people who submitted those two questions for the podcast. And as always, if Heidi was here, and of course we wish she was here, and she's not here for a very good reason, but if she was here, she would end with the same saying she always ends with, and that saying is, thank you for helping us to light the fire.